It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, a doctor makes a house call. Actually, he'd rather be in the Senate. Dr. Mehmet Oz, who used to try to heal Americans on TV, is now trying to represent Pennsylvanians in Washington. He is the Republican nominee to replace retiring GOP Senator Pat Toomey, a seat Democrats have targeted, hoping to flip it blue in an attempt to take control of what's now a 50-50 Senate. Dr. Oz wrote a Trump endorsement to a narrow primary win over a crowded field of Republicans, and we talked to him the other day, but the conversation was too long for the regular rundown, so like we like to do on the weekend, we're making it an extra to play the whole thing. Now, there is one note. The discussion was pre-Supreme Court abortion ruling, so that's why you hear no reaction to Friday's big story. We thank you, as always, for listening And now Dr. Oz on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us on the Fox News Rundown is Dr. Mehmet Oz, who is the Republican nominee for Senate in Pennsylvania. And Dr. Oz, first of all, thank you for joining us. And that has to sound nice now, the, the nominee, right? It, that, it, it sounds nice, but it actually is a lot nicer because in the, and I was warned about this, in the primary, it's basically character assassination. You're going up against people you agree with generally, but right. you have to argue that you're a better person and carry the banner, carry the message. In the general election, which is where we're in now, I get to talk about policy. I get to talk about legislative issues. I get to talk about the things that are really bothering Americans day in and day out. And these topics we'll get to in the interview, but they're ones that immediately attract everyone's attention. So uh-huh. it's, it's less like being in fifth grade okay, and, and more like more like being in high school. All right, so you've graduated. <laughs> is it is it like I, a breathe a sigh of relief? Is it easier? Does it feel different? Are you feel more comfortable now? It's not that it's easier. It is more comfortable. It's what I wanted to do. It's why I went into the arena of politics. I spent my whole life as you speaking to people, trying to connect, uh, making sure the stories that I'm sharing with them elevated them, bringing guests into their lives that could uh, get them to think differently about opportunities and challenges. And in the political world, you at least I want to do the same thing. I'm a healer. I'm a doctor. So my goal has always been to empower people, to get them to challenge authority when it made sense, to empower themselves with information. And when you're running in a, in a general election, in particular in a time like this, when there's such clear differences between the far right and the far left, and there's a lot of room in the middle to, to, or to help people, uh, it's, it's tailor-made for someone like me. And so I enjoy it a lot. I get up in the morning and I don't have to memorize my lines. I know exactly what okay. things I think are important in, in the lives of people I'm trying to help. And I can go hard on those topics. And it, it works for that reason. How, how hard is it, though, after that fight with those other Republicans to try to get them on board with you? Absolutely essential, and it has been much easier than I expected. I really thought there'd be hard feelings or folks who were reluctant, take some time. I mean, David McCormick lost by less than 1,000 votes. That's very close. And, and imagine being in that situation, yet he was gracious in his concession. Um, he's a professional. Uh, he has a future, I think, um, in, in just about anything he wants to do. But the ability for him to bounce back from that and to make it clear to everybody in Pennsylvania that the, the, the battle happened, we fought 
uh, hard, but it's over. And now we got to unify around one candidate. First of all, it means the world to me and my, my effort, but it also means a lot to Pennsylvanians because he put their interests above his own. Um, and, you know, he endorsed me, but he also contributed financially, which is an important additional step, which he recognized would symbolize to everybody, it's time to stop what happened in the primary and move forward. Jeff Bartos, who also was one of my fierce competitors, is one of my campaign co-chairs. Carlos Ambassador Sands, Carlos Sands, uh, has done events with me. So it has allowed the party to heal. And when you spend a lot of money hitting each other, it hurts. You leave scars. But like siblings, if you can make up, your your bonds are even stronger because we we were forged in the same furnace. And now we are laser focused on what is a true, I think, clear and present danger in Pennsylvania, but also to our nation, which is a candidate, John Fetterman, who's far to the left of Joe Biden. Remember, Joe Biden grew up in Scranton. He's a Pennsylvania yeah, kid. So more of a he, he, blue-collar, old-fashioned Democrat, the people have he, said. He, he used to be. I mean, he's moved clearly far to the left of, of what he thought he would be and what we all thought he would be. Uh, and that's sent a clear message to a lot, a chilling message to a lot of Democrats in Pennsylvania. So but, you say John Fetterman is farther left, more Bernie Sanders-like. In fact, Bernie Sanders is a specific example. He endorsed Bernie Sanders in 2016. He called Bernie, Bernie Sanders, with, together with him, the two most progressive candidates in America. He's endorsed, uh, uh, you know, socialized medicine, uh, you know, where you to get rid of private insurance. And it's not something the Pennsylvanians want, but he's also done other things along the way, uh, like arguing for more spending, uh, which in this case, the reckless spending, as you know, is worsened our inflation, but it also re- represents that you're not willing to make the harsh decisions. You're not willing to own up to the reality that you can't just throw money at a lot of these far left social programs. You actually have to have a game plan and you have to have an agenda for prosperity. But most importantly in Pennsylvania, he's taking a stance against energy, which for the entire country, I think is a mistake because you it hurts our energy Autonomy. It hurts us in international relations and hurts our ability to maintain national security. Well, However, they want clean energy, right? I mean, their, their push is to to help the environment. It's not clean energy. It's renewable energy. It's a little different because if you want to if you want to really make a dent in in keeping the environment clean and addressing any climate issues, you'd be lobbying for natural gas because natural gas is a wonderful crutch until we have a renewable sources that are adequate. And the, the Green New Deal, and it's a scientist I'll speak to this, it's a dishonest narrative. It's not that you, you know, we want green renewable energy, but, that, but you're not going to get it the way they describe it. Certainly not in the timeline that's been allotted. So what are you going to do in the meantime? It was a, there was a, 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 you know, a, a really hot spell in Pennsylvania last week. And I was out campaigning and it was, you know, 95 degrees, less than 5% of all the energy consumed on the grid was off renewable energy. 95% with things like natural gas. You have to allow us to take natural gas out of the ground in order to address today's energy needs, but also it it allows Pennsylvania's high quality jobs. It, it, it allows communities to thrive. If done correctly, it's better than any other country's ability to take energy out of the ground. Right now, for example, here in New York City, because you're not allowed to use Pennsylvania natural gas, which could be easily piped here very inexpensively. It's a big resource in that state. Huge resource. But, Pens- but you still have to have energy in New York. Where do you get it from? You bring natural gas in from South America. So think of the hypocrisy here. You'll block natural gas from Pennsylvania, 90 miles away, but you'll import it from another country, not cleanly harvested, and with no real provisions for ensuring that it's brought here safely and and inexpensively, and and yet everyone's okay with that. So I'm just saying, be honest with what's going on here. If you're not going to use natural gas, then do not use it from any country. Don't block your sister state from selling it to you where you're actually helping American American workers get jobs, but also American national security. And, you know, you're you're virtue signaling you won't do that, but yet you're importing it from other countries. And, you know, when you don't have enough natural gas in South America, historically oil from Russia will be brought in, for example, to Boston. 
And these are issues that Pennsylvanians know about. If you sit down at a diner in Pennsylvania, the, the person serving you coffee will sit next to you and lecture you on these issues. Okay. Everybody knows it. All right. And it infuriates Pennsylvanians, enough so they'll vote Republican. Even conservative Democrats, who again, culturally are Democrats, these are JFK Democrats, from Wilkes-Barre Scranton, where Joe Biden's from, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. they're going to vote for me on the Republican ticket this year. And they may stay Republican because they're so frustrated by how far left the, the Democratic Party has been pulled. They're not against the Democratic Party. They're, they're against the far left elements of the party that don't seem to honestly be able to debate these issues. Okay, but you, you mentioned John Fetterman, your Democratic opponent. He's the lieutenant governor. New USA Today Suffolk poll, which I'm sure you saw. He has a nine-point lead over you. And in that same poll, it listed your unfavorability at 50%. So what do you have to do to change minds? What what message do you have to do to sell yourself? Well, in medicine, you learn about tincture of time. Sometimes the patient's going to heal just fine on their own. After having had $40 million dumped on my head of <laughs> negative advertising, <laughs> okay. Okay. it does tend All to right. drive up your unfavorables. All right. And it also divided the party. So the poll was done literally as soon as um, the Secretary of State confirmed that I was the candidate. Mm-hmm. And not surprisingly, a lot of Republicans haven't healed yet from a contentious primary. So that's going to happen naturally. Right. 10% of them, I think, were supporting Fetterman. Yeah. More 20%. Okay, so, so you have to get their minds back changed, right. and that's gonna it's gonna happen naturally, especially as Democrats attack me, which they they are now, and telling stories about how my conservative family values are wrong. It's going to naturally take Republicans remind them that I'm their candidate. So that's going to happen by itself. But to answer your question more directly, I have two goals right now: uh, make sure that conservatives. Uh, whether the Democrats or Republicans understand my family values or their family values. And we have to govern from those values. Um, And I have to remind them that Joe Biden has lurched to the left in part because he doesn't believe in the innovativeness of Americans. He doesn't believe in the grit that we have. And if you don't believe in the innovativeness and the ingenuity of Americans, then you don't believe in America. And when you have a candidate running opposite me who's further to the left of Joe Biden, it reminds them that this is not a path we're happy with. The, you know, 75% of Pennsylvanians do not like where this country's headed. So they want change. Who's the candidate of change? Who's the <clears throat> who's the outsider? It's me. John Fetterman is the insider candidate who's already established himself as being as one who's willing to cripple Pennsylvania businesses, which they have done. And as lieutenant governor, he helped lead that charge. He wants to release one third of all prisoners from our uh, for you know inmates, which is in a in a time of of turmoil where we have a a crisis of of safe streets in Philadelphia, the biggest murder spree ever. In this, in this, in the city's history, why are you releasing one third of prisoners and arguing against life sentences for murderers? These are things again that seem disconnected. In a time when we know that that we're having more and more fentanyl drug overdoses and more illegal immigrants, why would you make the border porous, which is what he's argued for, open border plus sanctuary cities in Pennsylvania? Uh, it, it, but, but by the way, the reason I'm against the border issues primarily is a humanitarian crisis we are creating by funding cartels inadvertently, allowing them to run human trafficking operations and taking the profits by narcotics from. China and running them through the border as well, which makes Pennsylvania a border state. People in Pennsylvania all know this. So all I've got to do is stand by these realities and smile and they will naturally gravitate to me. But what I'm going to do most importantly is reach out to every corner of the state. I'm in Philadelphia talking to urban populations. I'm talking to suburban women, groups that historically have shied away from Republican ideas saying, listen, I love you guys. I care about you. My policies will help you more. And you know that deep in your heart because I'm for family values. I'm not for the illiberal far left liberal agenda. 
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Okay. You talk about suburban women. Democrats are going to pour a lot of money, a lot of money, of course, into this because they believe this is one of those seats because you're running to replace a retiring Republican that they can flip and turn Democrat blue. You're endorsed by former President Trump. They are obviously very much trying to undermine his efforts because they have the Capitol hearings over and over again from last year's riot. And they're trying to portray him as someone who may have done something criminally wrong, in their view, overturning election results. So they're going to deal with that, and you have to deal with that. What What's your belief and what's your thought and reaction when people say, how can you support the former president and what he was trying to do? Well, January 6th, uh, there, were, there were criminal actions in January 6th, and there's a legal system, and I believe in that legal system's ability to prosecute appropriately people who broke the law, and they should pay the price. If you didn't break the law, you shouldn't. I'd love to see that level of interrogation to what went down January 6th. Okay. But I'll tell you, when you're out campaigning every day as I do, this is not top of mind for Pennsylvanians, whether they're Democrats or liberals. They're, I mean, I'm sure there are people who are captivated by this, but they are worried that they can't go on vacation. 70% of Pennsylvanians are changing vacation plans because of energy prices. They're frustrated that they can't have their communities thrive because of ideological issues that block energy, but they know is natural mm -hmm. gas, for example, able to be cleanly harvested from the ground and build value in their communities. These are all issues that they're, they're that's what they're thinking about. Okay. So and, no one's asked you about the former president, the, the last year's riot, his involvement, none of that? I get asked about it all the time on media. Okay. Very rarely when I'm sitting in a diner. So people like me are the only ones talking to you about it. Well, it is. And I'm sure people are thinking about it. It's just not the number one thing they're thinking about. What they're really worried about are that day's problems. And again, I'm talking about what the, the typical conversation you have when you're doing a town hall. And believe me, I'm out there all the time. Time. And I explicitly try to get uh, people uh, on the on the left and the right together. I mean, again, I'm, if I'm talking to union leaders, they're not asking me about January 6th. Mm -hmm. They're saying, what are you doing to make sure that we have a, a wage that we can you know, raise our families healthy with and build, you know, pay taxes and build our communities? And, and, and what are you going to do about making sure we have jobs? Their, their existential fear is that by shutting down the energy economy of Pennsylvania, you'll cost them jobs directly. These are the building unions, for example. Mm -hmm. But in addition... You're going to shut down manufacturing in Pennsylvania. I was uh, visiting a, a, a company that, that builds uh, big uh, distribution centers for like Walmarts of the world. They can't find diesel fuel. It's not about the price. And by the way, the price is crazy. It's, it's oh, a record it's almost, high almost. Yeah, it, it, it is a record high actually for you know last 10 years anyway. But they, but they actually can't find the fuel. Now, that is a whole different level of crisis. Yeah. That means I actually have to lay people off because we can't go to work. They're paying stipends to help them drive to work. They're going past the first, second, and third levels of distribution of energy. They got to go drive to, to other states to get energy. And when you start to have these kinds of crises in the normal workings of business, they're not asking me about these other issues, about what happened in 2020, especially because I wasn't involved in it. They're asking me, what are we going to do to deal with the clear and present threat that they're not going to be able to run their businesses? When you sit back sometimes and reflect, is it hard to believe what you're dealing with right now? I mean, you... 
you were a doctor doing well on television. Here you are in the middle of a race. Half the people are giving you an unfavorable rating. It has to feel different. I, you know, I never, my wife always wonders why this is so. Maybe I, my prefrontal cortex is shaped differently. <laughs> I, it, I don't mind criticism. Most of the aggressive criticism isn't about me. It's the person who's angry. And they have a right to be angry. And they direct their anger at me, but that's okay. I, I, I could not have lived my life with the blessings my family received from this country. Remember, my parents are immigrants. They were mm-hmm. welcomed here. My father's a doctor. He was recruited to come to this country. I could not have lived my life having done as well as I've been blessed to do, not fighting to make sure our country was healthy. The, the silver baton my dad handed me in the race of life, I've got to make it just as shiny for my kids and my grandkids. I think I speak for a lot of Americans who have woken up one too many days with a sense that there's anxiety in the country that's addressable. And so I'm gonna do everything I can to help. And there's many others listening right now who are in their own way going to do the same thing. What I ask everybody, and if I don't mind, I'll take a second to share this. I played football in college. And the last words you hear when you're out in the field are, are, are not freedom and be great and win. It's home of the brave. We cannot be a free people if we're not a brave people. We have to say what we see. And too many Americans, right, left, middle, have have silenced themselves because they're worried about being canceled, about raising issues and eyebrows, and they just don't want to be in that. You can't afford that anymore. We don't have the luxury of sitting on the sideline. The far left side of the political spectrum does not have an agenda for prosperity, but they're leading right now. We have to either force them to have an agenda for prosperity so we can all go in the right direction or move this country back towards the middle, towards family values that have allowed us to thrive for 250 years. And that's what I stand for. There are many, I believe, who don't realize their voice is that important. It does have a matter. It does have an influence. Say what you see. Others will do the same. If one person puts their hands up, they'll get shot. We all put our hands up. Can't shoot us all. Dr. Mehmet Oz, Republican nominee for Senate in Pennsylvania. Thanks very much for joining us. God bless you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.